We started this second week of Lent with the account of Jesus' transfiguration on the mountain, the glimpse of glory. I mentioned at the beginning of the Mass the saints of this week, today being St. John of God. And the saints are also glimpses of glory. And it's, a, it's an encouraging thing to, to reflect a little bit on the lives of the saints because we can see how God can work in ordinary men and women, ordinary sinners, and God can transform them and can transfigure them into glorious, holy uh, examples for us. Uh, today's St. John of God, I want to read a little bit from this. This is a book on the saint of the day. It's a little collection of, of uh, little biographies and stories about the saints. So here's St. John of God. He's a great Lenten figure. That's why I think he's a good example. You could pick out any saint, but John of God, since he's also a, an example of conversion, he's a good, a good model to reflect on during Lent. So John got a good start. He was from a, a, a devout family, but then uh, he lost his way, as so many people do. Maybe we all do. Uh, it says here, having given up active Christian belief while a soldier, John was 40 before the depth of his sinfulness began to dawn on him. So, okay, so 40 years old before he gets on track. There's hope for everybody, remember. You know that expression, every, every saint has a past, every sinner has a future. So that's, here's an example of this. Here's his past sinful life as a soldier. Doesn't give us any details, it's not hard to imagine. He decided to give the rest of his life to God's service and headed at once for Africa, where he hoped to free captive Christians and possibly be martyred. He was soon advised that his desire for martyrdom was not spiritually well-based, and he returned to Spain and the relatively prosaic activity of a religious goods store. But he was still not settled. Now, into this story comes another great saint who we've heard of uh, recently because his, his, uh, his uh, feast day was put on the universal calendar. This is St. John of Avila. I, remember, I don't remember what day is St. John of Avila. Do you remember? Anyway, he's just re Pope Francis just put him on the calendar, and St. John of Avila is the spiritual director of lots of Spanish saints. Well, St. Saint John of God is one of them. So here's the story. He was still not settled. Initially moved by a sermon of St. John of Avila, he one day engaged in a public beating of himself, begging mercy and wildly repenting for his past life. Committed to a mental hospital for these actions. <laughs> so he obviously went a little bit overboard. Who comes to visit him in the mental hospital? St. John of Avila. John advised him to be more actively involved in tending to the needs of others rather than in enduring personal hardships. Very good wisdom from a very wise man, a saint. Uh, don't spend all your time beating yourself up. Serve others. <laughs> Serve the poor. That's the evidence of conversion. And it's, it's one of these examples of how love for God and love for neighbor grow at the same time as dis discipline of oneself. But if we focus only on ourselves, we don't really grow in love of God or love of neighbor. Well, John got the message, John of God got the message from John of Avila. It says here, 
John gained peace of heart and shortly after left the hospital and began to work among the poor. And then this is where he, he's well known for his devotion to the poor and especially the sick. He was, it says here he's a religious, but he wasn't really religious. He's really a, a dedicated layman who, who devoted himself to the service of the poor and he attracted companions. Reminds me of uh, uh, Jerome Emiliani. It was, it was these companions who, long after John died, established the religious order, the, the Brothers Hospitallers of John of God. He would never have named the community Brothers Hospitallers of John of God. <laughs> he named it after himself. He was too humble a man for that. But he did dedicate himself to the poor and the sick. He opened a hospital, took in pretty much anybody who was in need and, and faithfully and humbly served them, and this was his journey of conversion. Now, with that example in mind, we can take a look at these scriptures, and one of the things that, that comes to me when I look at these scriptures is this phenomenon that people who are on the journey of conversion, especially if they've advanced, if they're advanced a certain uh, distance or a depth, People on the journey of conversion can understand those who are caught in sin because they have light. They can see how it works and anyone who's on a journey of conversion knows his own sin or her own sin, like John of God. But people who are caught in sin, they don't understand people on the spirit, they don't understand the spiritual life of other people. They just can't get it. It's, and the, the difference between light and darkness, you know, if you have light, you can see th things that are dark. You can see disorders. But if you're in darkness, you can't, you can't really understand the, the ways of light. Now, here in the first reading, we have Jeremiah being uh, persecuted by his own people, the very people he's trying to help. And they say, well, let's get rid of Jeremiah because uh, he's bothering us. And we have other teachers. We have other prophets. We don't need him. And Jeremiah understands what they're saying. He says, Lord, listen to what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying about me. I'm, I'm doing good and they're repaying me with evil. And so Jeremiah rightly turns to the Lord. But he understands what's going on. There, this is how evil works. It blinds us. It turns us against one another. It, it, it leaves us enslaved to our sin. So if we're stuck in materialism or sensuality or pride or whatever it might be, we, we can't very well see our way out of it. And God has to shine light on us. And this is part of Lent. Lent is, yes, a time of penance, a time of, of really facing the reality of our own sin so that we can understand it and leave it behind. It's not so that we get depressed about ourselves. So Jeremiah can see this. Now, in the, the first, I'm sorry, in the Gospel, Jesus gives the 12 apostles a very clear description of what's going to happen. We're going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be scourged, I'm going to be uh, mocked, I'm going to be crucified, and I'm going to rise again on the third day. A very straightforward revelation of the journey of, of the Paschal mystery, death and resurrection. No no response from any of the twelve. 
they just <laughs> just bounces right off because why well we see right away at least two of them are caught up in their ambition James and John sons of Zebedee and their mother uh, they're not thinking about the cross they're thinking about glory they're thinking about sitting at the right and at the left of Jesus so it's not that they're bad it's just that they're narrow they're blind it's not wrong to want glory but it's wrong if we pursue glory outside of the of the plan of God for our glory God is the one who wants us to be transfigured more than we do he wants us to be glorious and to shine like the Sun more than we do but the way to it is through humility through service and this is what James and John don't get it Jesus says can you you know what you're, you don't know what you're talking about you, can you drink the chalice meaning the chalice of suffering can you follow me to the cross oh yeah we can sure no problem the answer as if they know what he's talking about they don't know that's the blindness that I'm talking about uh, but once people are on the journey of the cross on the journey of conversion then they know what it's like because boy anyone who's tried to leave sin behind knows what a what a struggle it is and how humiliating it is that's Lent try try to take some steps in the path of conversion and you'll find yourself running running straight into your own weakness into into the into the resistance of your own flesh we all have this well uh, you know this story Jesus tells them you're not going to climb up by being ambitious or by by making yourself first if you really want to be great serve whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave this is the way and Jesus is the prime example the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve he comes as a servant as a slave to give his life as a ransom for many which brings us back to John of God this is exactly what John of God realized even in his immaturity when he wanted to go to Africa and and give up his life he he got he got it after being self-centered and and sinful for the first part of his life he realized no I have to do the opposite I have to instead of taking for myself I have to give myself now he needed guidance how to do it but he eventually really got good at this let me conclude by reading a little another little section from this this book saint of the day a little story from the life of John of God the Archbishop called John of God to him in response to a complaint that he was keeping tramps and immoral women in his hospital imagine gossip <laughs> this is how it always is doesn't just because you do good doesn't mean people will understand it so tramps and immoral women in the hospital in submission John fell on his knees and said the son of man came for sinners and we are bound to seek their conversion I am unfaithful to my vocation because I neglect this but I confess that I know of no bad person in my in my hospital except myself alone who am indeed unworthy to eat the bread of the poor Isn't that beautiful 
the, the red person in my household is myself. I am unworthy to eat the bread of the poor. You see the humility of this man. He has not forgotten his own sinful past. And so instead of, instead of attacking himself, he, dedicate, he, he, he doesn't forget that he is a sinner, but he dedicates himself to others aware that he's not even worthy to do that. The archbishop could only trust in God's sincerity and humility and dismissed him with deep respect. Good enough. Maybe John's, John's, uh, John of God's life is enough of a homily for us. Let's do what he does. St. John of God, pray for us.